part of the media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. It's a joy to be here again and to share God's Word with us. I want us to turn our Bibles to the book of Hebrews, if I can find it. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. We'll read the first three verses. Hebrews chapter 12. We'll read the first three verses. Therefore, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross and its endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let us pray. Father, speak to our hearts. Convict challenge save souls we in ourselves cannot do this but by the power of your word we pray that lives will be changed hearts will be challenged souls will be convicted souls will be converted we we want to hear from you this morning and may you speak to us in Christ's name title to us this morning is Running the Race to Win. Running the Race to Win. I'm sure many of us have started out the year setting goals and resolutions. As you began 2017, you said to yourself, I want to run the race of life well. Some are saying, I'm going to be involved in the race of raising my children to be productive citizens. Others are saying, I'm going to move up the corporate ladder and make as much money as I possibly can. While others are saying, I'm going to be involved in the race of getting good grades while in school this year. For many of us, our goal for 2017 is to Be a better person, a better husband, a better wife, a better parent. For others, we're saying that the spring is here and the summer is coming. And so I want, I must, so I must bring my body under subjection and hit the gym to get in the best shape of my life and have the best body I can imagine so that you all will be in awe. If you're here this morning, if you're here this morning, if you're here this morning, 
you are involved in a race. As Christians, we are involved in the race whether we like it or not. When we responded and accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, our soon coming King, we entered the race. When we lay down, when we lay down our lives and picked up the mantle of being called a Christian, we entered the race. When God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, enlightened and our understanding, and we gave, and He and, 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 and He gave us. And he gave us a saving faith to trust in the redeeming one. We entered the race. The meaning of the word race has the idea of a place of contest where battle, conflicts, and struggles are taking place. The author of the Hebrews was thinking of the Greek games where you, are, where you, have, where you have spectators upon spectators in a stadium cheering on the athletes who are in, in this arduous and strenuous race. He uses the same, the same imagery for the believers to whom he was speaking. That we are in the race, a conflict, a, a, a contest, a struggle, and the host of, and, 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 and host of believers are in a stadium cheering us on. Cornerstone, in this race, this struggle, this battle, we will go through agony, excruciating pains and sufferings. The race of the Christian is not, where, is, is, is not one where we stand at ease or, or we can stand on the sideline watching others run. It is a constant moving. It requires active involvement. The race of the believer is not, a, is not passive lux, lux, luxury, but it's demanding, sometimes crueling. Agonizing, agonizing battle and requires our utmost self-discipline, determination, and perseverance. Some people come into the race of the believer thinking it is a 100-meter dash. And they want to run the race in 9.59 seconds like a same boat. Allow me to enlighten you. It is not a 100-meter yard dash but it is a marathon. It is not a sprint. It calls for longevity. In this race, you won't reach the finish line in 10 seconds, but you must endure to the very end. At times, we, are, we, we treat the Christian life as if it is a fast food restaurant. I want to have it my way. I want to have it as quickly as possible, but no. It is more like an elegant restaurant where the food is cooked to order. It takes time. It is a journey. In the race of the believer, there are, there are ups and downs, wins and losses. Paul did not say to the Philippians in chapter 3, 12 to 14, that he obtained perfection in 10 seconds. He said, I do not consider myself to have obtained perfection, but one thing I do know, Forgetting what, is behind, forgetting what is behind and straying toward what is ahead. I press, on, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwardly in Christ Jesus. Believers, we must persevere. It is possible, it is possible, the Hebrew believers started out running well. But somehow they, they lost that 
love and, uh, uh, that, and that commitment to run the race well. They had no more enthusiasm and, and, and confidence. They started out looking back at the old ways of Judaism and they possibly began to falter on the track. They, 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 they had no desire to win. They lacked the desire to run the race to the end. This is something, this is something that we struggle with as believers. We started out well. We, 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 were, we were enthusiastic for the things of God. Life gets in the way. Things just happen. We got married. We have one, two, or three kids. And we, and we, and we, can't, and we can't do the things we once did when we were single. We are deficient in our fellowship with one another. We allow minor situations to cause strife. We lack the desire to win the loss. We have no desire to press on the. Uh, to, we have no desire to press on toward the mark of the high calling to which we are called. In light of this, we lack the desire to win and to run the race well. We lack the desire to, to win the race. The fire no longer burns in us. Everyone that enters the race should enter to win. Bronze medal or silver medals are nice, but we are not running. But, but we are running to win the gold. The utter bars, the way to gold, and good jobs are nice words. But we are running to win the race. Let's talk about what it takes to win the race. First, running the race to win takes encouragement. Running the race to win takes encouragement. The first part of verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud, of witnesses. Whatever we, are go- whatever we are doing, we need some form of encouragement, right? On the job, we need our boss to give a kind word of encouragement. In our household, we need parents to encourage the children and husband and wives encouraging each other. At church, we need encouragement. We don't want the pastor to constantly chastising us. In, what, in whatever we are doing, we need some form of encouragement. In Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1, we're told that we're told of the great cloud, great cloud of witnesses. Of witnesses. The, great, the cloud is not, is not referring to Nimbus Stratus or the Cirrocumulus or the Altocumulus clouds we might see in the atmosphere. But it's referring to the Old Testament saints, brothers and sisters who are examples of who have run the race well. The author of the Hebrews uses the word therefore to draw us back to the previous chapter of the great cloud of witnesses. The great cloud of witnesses are stalwarts of the faith found in chapter 11. The the, the cloud of witnesses are, are those men and women in chapter 11 who were tested and trusted in God despite their difficulties. The word witnesses does not, mean, does, not, does not mean spectator, as fans standing in a stadium watching us run, run a race, but have never been involved in the race. The idea here of witness, of witness in the text is that of a martyr. A martyr is one who has gone through the fire, tested, tried, and knows the truth of his or her faith. They have, experiential, they have experiential knowledge 
to confirm and attest the truthfulness of their faith. The heroes of the faith are not witnessing what we are. What, uh, the heroes of the faith are not witnessing what we are going, to do, what we are doing as spectators. They are not standing in the galleries of heaven watching us run the race. Rather, they are bearing witness to us that God can see us through because He has seen them through. They are examples, not onlookers. They have proved by their by their testimony. Their witness that the life of faith is the only life to live. The writer of the Hebrew was encouraged in the Jewish Christian and he's encouraging us today. The author is saying, look at these men and women. They have run the race well. They bore witness of God despite the hardship that they faced. They are, they are, they are testifying of the truthful, truthfulness of the faith we have we have. In Christ Jesus, they stand as witnesses. Who they stand as witnesses who bear testimony of the faith. The writer was saying, "Look at Noah. He trusted God and built a ark, even though there was no rain for many years. Look at Abram. He believed in God. He believed that God would give him a son, even in his old age. Look at Moses. He refused the world's." prestige. He refused the world's pleasures and he refused the world's position for the sake of God. Look at Enoch. By faith he walked, he walked with God for over 300 years. Look at Rahab. By faith she welcomed the spies. Look at Daniel. By faith he prayed three times a day even though he was thrown into the lion's den. Look at the three Hebrew boys. By faith they, trust, they trusted God despite the fact that, 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 that they were thrown into the fire furnace. Fire Look at the Old Testament faith. They are heroes of the faith. They are heroes of the faith. These men and women stood the very test of time. Look at Simon Peter, who was a fire preacher in the first half of the book of Acts. Tradition holds that he was crucified upside down. Look, look at Polycarp, one of the, the disciples of the, of the Apostle John, because of his, of, of his refusal to burn incense, burn incense to the Roman Empire, he was sentenced to, the, uh, he was sentenced to burn at the, at the stake. Tradition says that the flames did not kill him, so they stabbed him to death. Look at John Whitcliffe, one, one, one of the great theologians of the 14th century. He believed that the Bible should be available to people in their common language. He was persecuted because he stand against the papal authority. Look at Jim Elliot and his four friends who tried to, to make contact with the Uka Indians in Ecuador in 1956. When they arrived on the river beach on that fateful January 8th, they were slaughtered to death. Look at Elizabeth Elliot after the death of her husband did not give up did not give up hope, but continued to reach the Uka in Indian tribe with the gospel, and they eventually came to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. These men and women did not give up. They, so he, 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 they, they did not give up. They, 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 they continue in the faith. They are a cloud of witnesses. They are saying, go on, Bruce. Don't give up. We are there to encourage you. Don't, don't, don't give up. 
David, do not give up. God is there to encourage. There's a, there's a great cloud of witnesses. And the great cloud of witnesses are encouraging us, are, are, are cheering us on. Go on, don't give up. Are cheering us on, believers. Yes, they know what you have gone through. They have been through it. And so they're, they're, they're there in, 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 as, as a great cloud of witnesses encouraging us to go along. So when we are being persecuted for righteousness sake, when we are being persecuted because we bear witness of the cross, let us remember the stalwart of the faith. When we are being ridiculed and blasphemed against, let us remember the Old Testament saints. When we feel we cannot go on any longer, be encouraged. And remember these men and women who were martyred and are the cloud of witness, witnesses who are cheering us on. When we are scorned and mocked and we are, all called, and we are called religious fanatics, let us remember that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses and be encouraged. Be encouraged. Secondly, running the race to win takes sacrifice. Running the race to win takes sacrifice. Second part of verse 1. Let us throw off everything that hinders, hinder, hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that was marked out for us. When, we, when an athlete is preparing for a race, his or her desires to be as fit as possible. They, they, they work out very regularly. They try, they try to transform their fat into muscles. They place themselves on a strict diet in order to be physically, be physically fit as possible. In the actual race, they try to wear the least amount of gear as possible. They try to free their minds from any problems or situations that they might be going through. They try to lay aside all the hindrances or weight that would hinder them from running the race well. These hindrances and obstacles are not necessarily wrong, bad, or evil in themselves, but they can prohibit the athlete from winning the race or running well. It is possible that the hindrances or weight of these Hebrew Christians were, 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 uh, were facing were Judaism, legalism, and they were hanging on to their old religious ways. As Christians, we have excess weight at times that are holding us back. The excess weight, di weight that diverts our attention, it saps our energy, and it dampens our enthusiasm for the things of God. We need to run as a well-oiled machine. Men, we are so overwhelmed by the responsibility of taking care of our family, excelling on, on, the, on our job, moving up the social, economical ladder that we lose sight of running the race well. Ladies, you're so, you're so caught up in, your everyday, in the everyday running of the house. You're working, taking care of the kids, making sure, um, making sure homework is done, getting dinner ready, get, get things ready for the next day, and you lose sight of running the race well. Whatever is causing us from not running well, we need to lay it aside. It, if, 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 these, if, if, there are, if there are some tragedies that, that are causing you not to run the, way, the race well, lay it aside. 
if we need to lay aside any form of recreation that is causing us not to run well, then we need to do so. We need to lay aside our pains, our hurts. We need to lay aside our pride. We need to lay aside our self-pity. We need to lay aside anything, everything, that will hinder or obstruct us from running the race well. Anything that prevents us from running the best race that we can can possibly run, we need to lay it aside. Not Not only should we lay aside the weight that hinders us, but we need to lay aside the sin that so easily entangles. The text does not say what sin the author is referring to. Some believe because of previous texts that mention the sin of unbelief that the author is referring to the sin of unbelief. While others believe that the author is referring to to a particular sin that entangles that individual. Whatever the case is, we need to lay it aside. If the sin of unbelief and belief entangles you, we need, you need to lay it aside. If the, sin, if, the, if the sin of lying entangles you, you need to lay it aside. If the sin of inner strife entangles you, you need to lay it aside. If the sin of anger and violence entangles a person, that person needs to lay it aside. If the sin of infidelity entangles you, you need to <coughs> lay it aside. If the sin of malice and greed entangles you, you need to lay it aside. Put it at the foot of the cross, folks. Put it at the foot of the cross. Whatever the sin is, you need to lay it aside. Sin wraps itself around the Christian's feet so that he or she trips up and falls. How can we lay the sin, lay aside the sin of unbelief or the sin that easily entangles us? We can only do so by reckoning ourselves dead to sin but alive unto Jesus Christ. We can reckon reckon ourselves dead to sin and alive unto Christ. Thirdly, running the race to win takes focus. Running the race to win takes focus. Verse 2, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right right hand of the throne of God, of the throne of God. When one is running in a race, he has to keep his eyes focused or fixed on the finish line. He must keep his eyes on the prize. If an athlete is distracted by looking at other athletes in the race and not on the finish line, he will not or she will not finish well. If an athlete, athlete takes the time to look at, 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 his, at, at his feet or, or look at the other persons in the race, that person loses focus, loses ground. The Christian life is like a race. We cannot allow things to shift our focus from the prize. We cannot allow things that are trivial to take our eyes off the finish line. The writer of the Hebrew says we must we must, we must run with perseverance and endurance. This means you continue in the race and keep your eyes fixed on the prize when everything in the race wants to slow you down. It means you continue in the race when your spiritual legs are giving out from under you. It means you continue in the race 
<coughs> in the race, when you, have, when you have conflicting emotions that will pull you away from what, from what is right. It means you continue in the race when it seems as, as if there is no light at the end of the tunnel. It means you continue in the race when family and friends are against your biblical beliefs. It means you continue in the race when you are preaching the gospel and no one is coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Don't give up, folks. Stay focused. Don't give in. Stay focused. We must, we must keep our eyes on the prize. And that prize is Jesus. That prize is Jesus. To fix our eyes on Jesus means to turn our eyes away from, from other things and keep them fastened and glued on him. Or, view, or to view Jesus with undivided attention by looking away from other objects. At times we, we give more attention to self rather than fixing our eyes on Jesus. Believers are more preoccupied with what others are thinking and doing rather than being glued on the person of Jesus Christ. Our eyes are fixed on, on those in the bleachers and those in the grandstand rather than the person who can help us win the race. Our eyes should not be fixed on the many, but on the one. Our eyes should not be fixed on the player, but on the coach. Our eyes should not be fixed on the servant, but on the Lord. Our eyes should not waver to the right or the left, but be glued on Jesus. It means that you don't lose sight <coughs> of Jesus because you have, you have struggles in your marriage. It means that you don't lose sight of, 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 of Jesus because you have problems with your kids. It means that you don't lose sight of Jesus because the burdens you're carrying, the burdens are heavy that you're carrying daily. It means that you don't lose sight of Jesus because you have financial hardship. It means that you keep your eyes glued on Jesus. It means that you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. It means that you, you put on blinders and keep, your, and keep your eyes on the finish line. It means you push, you claw, you fight because the devil is on the track trying to keep us from finishing well. Finish well. It is not easy. Keep your eyes on the prize. And that, and that prize is Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on the prize. It won't be easy, folks. It's hard. It's, it's, a, it's the most difficult life to live. It's easier to, to, to just live whatever life you choose. But to live the life of the believer is the most difficult life. Things are on the track trying to hinder us from keeping focus on the prize. From keeping us, keeping us focused on the prize. The author of the Hebrews stated, stated that who for the joy that was set before him endure the cross and its shame and is now seated at the right hand of God. What is that joy that was set before him? Some believe that Jesus endured the cross so that he might gain or obtain certain joy which was placed before him as a reward for his sufferings. The word for should be or can be translated instead of. 
And the word set means lying before or set before. So what was this joy that was set before him? Or what was in front of him? It's, it was not the rewards that he would receive at the end of the race. But it was the full divine life. The, impre- the, pre- the pre-incarnate life. The life which he had before the world was. Listen, Cornerstone. He gave up his divine glory, not his deity. He gave up his divine glory, the splendor and majesty of heaven. He gave up that close intimacy with God, with the Godhead, in exchange for the rugged cross. That that rugged cross, that cross. that cross we celebrate we will celebrate this Easter so that we can have life eternal that's what he gave up so that you and I can have life eternal Here, here Jesus renounced the joy that was actually in his hands that was set before him he renounced the joy that was that was his by being part of the trinity he renounced the joy that was his before, before, before time began. He was so focused. He was so focused that he would not allow his pre-incarnate life to stop him from accepting the cross and its shame in order to provide salvation for you and me. He would not allow it, folks. He went to the cross, all the way to the cross, so that you and I can have life eternal. After, after he went to the cross, the text says, Jesus sat at the right hand of the throne of God. Guess what? Jesus is not doing it. Is not is not is not getting up again. Jesus is not getting up again. Not only is he not not only is he sitting down, but he continues, and he will always be sitting down or remain seated. Listen, the work of salvation is completed, folks. The work of salvation is completed. He will never rise again. (coughs) He will never rise again and repeat the work of the cross for sinners. The work of the cross is finished. Telestai, it is done. The work of salvation is complete, folks. Jesus died once and for all. Some believe that maybe when you die, um, um, you can pray for someone and they can, come to, uh, they can come to salvation. Guess what? That will never happen. Christ died once and for all. And if you don't accept him now, in this life, you will be spending eternity in, in, in hell. Christ died once and for all. The work of the cross is finished. It's done. This is it. It's done. If you don't accept him now, and you should leave this room and do not respond to the gospel by faith and have Christ as Lord and Savior of your life and God forbid something should happen, you'll be spending eternity in hell. May I encourage you. Before you should leave, if you never trust Christ, do so before sleeping. Finally, running the race to win 
takes a positive example. Running the race to win takes a positive example. Verse 3, consider him who endures such opposition from sinful men so that you might so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. <clears throat> although although the, the Old Testament saints are a good example, the primary example the author wants us to follow is Jesus. Yes, these men and women were a great example. They obeyed God and made the necessary sacrifices. But the one I desire you to follow is the one that made the ultimate sacrifice. His name is Jesus. Jesus, in running the race, set a positive example for us. He endured the sufferings of the cross. Jesus did not sin, could not sin, and would not sin. But he still went to the cross for our sins. He could have said to the Father, I am the most perfect being and I have never committed any sins. I have never committed any sins and because of that, I will not go to the cross. However, the, scripture te- the scriptures tells us, he who knew no sin, yet became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. But God demonstrates his love, his own love towards us in that while we were what? Still sinners and undone, wretched and undone. Christ died for us. For Christ died on the cross for sins once and for all, the righteous and the unrighteous, to bring you to God. The cross or the crucifixion is said to be the cruelest form of punishment. It is said that this heinously <clears throat> cruel act damaged no vital organs. It was, slow, it was a slow and painful death. This kind of act was spared for criminals and insurrections. The crucifixion was a barbaric method of execution developed for those who were rebellious, those who commit murders and violent robbers. The crucifixion was a public affair. Jesus, who was being crucified for crimes that he did not commit, was naked and fastened on a stake, a cross, or a tree, on a well-traveled route. My Jesus, folk, your Jesus, was being, was being executed, was subjected to ridicules and mockery by passerby. As my Jesus, your Jesus, carried the cross to Golgotha's hill to be crucified, he was beaten with a leather whip contain, <coughs> containing shreds of metals or bones that tore his flesh. The Son of God was nailed to the cross and a crown of thorns was placed on his head. Jesus endured, folk. Jesus endured the cross and its shame. Jesus ran the race well, knowing what was, en- what was at the end of the race. 
Jesus ran the race well knowing the work of salvation would be completed. Jesus ran the race well knowing that he would be seated at the right, um, right hand of the Father. Therefore, believers, don't give up. Follow the example of Jesus. Don't give up, saints, but consider him who endured the cross to the very end. Consider him who endured the cross to the very end. The writer of the Hebrew, Hebrews was saying, in running the race to win, we must consider the example of Jesus who endured such opposition. To consider, folks. To consider means to ponder. To give careful attention with a sense of urgency. It means to ponder. To, to give careful attention with a sense of urgency. To con consider him who was sought, sought after by King Herod to be killed. Consider him who had five to six trials. Consider him who was disowned by, his, by, by the apostle Peter. Consider him, who, consider him who the Pharisees and Sadducees wanted to be killed because he declared himself to be the son of God. Consider him who was sold for 30 pieces of silver. Consider him who was rejected and despised by men. Consider him who was substituted for Barabbas to be killed. Consider the Savior who went to Golgotha's hill. Consider him who was beaten by pain and the loss of blood. Consider him, consider him as the nails were driven in his hands and feet. Consider him who was suspended in an awkward position to die a slow and painful death. Consider him who had difficulty breathing as he was stretched out on the cross. Consider him who was crucified on that rugged cross. Consider him whom they placed in a borrowed tomb. Consider him who rose from the grave on the third day. The songwriter says, Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foe. He arose a victor from the dark domain and he lives forever with his saints to win. Consider the Savior, Jesus. Consider him. Ponder. Give careful attention with a sense of urgency. Consider the Savior. Consider what He has done for us. As we celebrate this Easter, consider what Christ did on the cross so that we can have life eternal. Ponder. Give careful consideration with a sense of urgency. Consider Him. When you are running in, when you are running the race, consider Jesus. When you fall down and your desire is to throw in the towel, consider Jesus who endured to the very end. When it seems as if you will never get out of the mess that you are in, and when you are sure your faith cannot hold on any longer, consider the Messiah. Well, well done to the very end. When you are being despised by friends and rejected by family members, consider the one who sticks closer than a brother. Although things might be hard, consider Jesus who did not give up. Although you might be called all kinds of names, 
because of your stand for Jesus, don't give up. Run the race to win. Running the race to win takes encouragement. Running the race to win takes, a, takes sacrifice. Running the, the race to win takes focus. Running the race to win takes a positive example. Now that the pride, now what? Now what? What is the prize we are running to win? When an athlete enters a race, he runs with expectation of winning the prize. In some cases, the prize might be a trophy. In other cases, it might be a large sum of money. It might be fame and recognition. Or maybe you're running the race to win the prize to have a healthy body like Eric. Right? At times, it might be receiving a gold medal. As Christians, our prize is to, our prize is to be, as Christians, our prize is to be with our risen Lord and Savior forever and ever. That's our prize, folks. Christ was involved in, in this race and did not waver to the right or to the left. He left, he kept his eyes focused on the prize. Christ, Christ went through hardship, but he endured the cross and its shame. The cost of the prize at the end of the race we need to stay focused. Whatever the obstacles are in our way, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. If we fall along the way, we need to, we need to get up and continue to the finish line. If we feel like fainting, we need to continue to the finish line. When we reach the finish line, we can faint in the safe arms our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Are we running well? Are we running the race to win? Are we running the race to win? Running the race to win takes encouragement. Running the race to win takes sacrifice. Running the race to win takes focus. And running the race to win takes a positive example. That example is our Lord or Savior Jesus Christ. Are we running the race to let us pray? As we're here, maybe you're here this morning, you have never trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Let me give you this opportunity. Allow me to give you this opportunity. You're here, you're, you're lost outside of Christ. And if you should die, if you should leave this place and die, then there will be no hope. But you can have hope if you put your faith and trust in Him and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you can be involved in the race of the believer. Yes, it will be hard, it will be difficult. I will not tell you it's easy. It will be challenging. It will be hard. But there are examples. There are stalwarts of the faith. And the, most, and, and the one, the Hebrew writer wants us to follow is our Lord or Savior Jesus Christ. So why don't you have to give you this opportunity to trust in Him before you should leave here this morning or this afternoon. And if you're a believer and you're not running well, 
Let me give you this opportunity. Whatever is causing us from running well, whatever things we have in our life, whatever sin that entangles us, let's lay it at the foot of the cross and give it all to Jesus. As usual, the altar is open and if you want to come forward and pray, please do. Pray that God will continue to work in our hearts as we challenge and convict and convert us. Father, again, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. And Father, we pray that your word will not return void, but will accomplish what it will. Speak to your, continue to speak to the hearts of individuals who are here. And Father, pray that you receive all the glory and all the praise. Convict, convert. Challenge hearts. And may your name be exalted. And be glorified. We thank you for what you have done, what you are doing in hearts. This very moment, we ask for your leading. We ask for your working. In Christ's name. Thank you for listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.